Today we want to talk about how to be led by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen. You see, we've looked at why, what, you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, operating in them. But you see, uh, one important thing I believe every one of us um, needs to be able to grasp is that aspect of the leadership of the Holy Spirit. If you are leading in your, your own self, if you, 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 you do things by yourself um, without the Holy Spirit's leading and guidance, um, then um, uh, there is much to be desired of, of that, if I'll put it that way, whether you are really on course or not. But church, let me tell you something. This may take... Um, I know the reason why for some time now I've been doing these series is, and it looks like I go on is because it's a teaching that, as I've told you, I don't want just the power, power. The essence of it is there because it's already resident with us. But when you experience the power and you don't know who the Holy Spirit is, how he works and all sorts, you'll be repeating some of the same mistakes that may be going on over the decades. And uh, we need to be able to study so that we'll be able to operate and walk in how the Holy Spirit himself wants to walk with us. So that is why sometimes I take my time to do um, what I'm doing so that we'll really understand um, this subject. And um, we are in an age, we are in a period, a time where people will come to, the Lord says, the Holy Spirit uh, is leading me. You know, all of us, every one of us, you know, I was led by the Spirit to do this. You know, so I was led by the Spirit to, to, to do that. I was led by the Spirit to go there. I feel this. I feel that, you know. And when someone begins to talk to you like that, most of the time you just keep quiet and you listen because the person says he's being, he's heard the Spirit, the voice of the Spirit. But is it every voice that we hear, is it everything that we are hearing by believers, by yourself, by myself, that is necessarily of God? And is the Holy Spirit really leading us? Are you sure about that? Because it's, it's, a, it's, it's now become a saying, a jargon in the Christendom. And the easy way out for everybody to be able to just say whatever and however he wants you know, to say things. But it is a key thing that I believe that you and I ought to learn. I just don't want to preach about it. I want to teach it. Because one of the most important teachings a person, especially a believer, can receive is how to be led by the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8. It look, looks like this year we've dwelt... On, on, on Romans, it's very, very good. If you understand Romans, if you study the book of Romans, I'll tell you what, um, you you be able to grasp a lot of the gospel and the epistles. Amen? Uh, if you study the book of Rom Romans, most of the things that happen in the gospels and that which was written um, you know, to the churches, you'll be able to really grasp it because it comes from bo bo both sides. Why that was happening in the time of the Gospels, 
and why the apostles wrote to the churches. And, and you see the, the, the flesh, the spirit, um, and where we are as believers. And, and, and we've been looking at a whole lot of things. But Romans chapter 8, verse 14, but I'll be reading 12 to 16, but let's for, go to 14. Stay there, stay verse 14. Shall we all repeat this, if you will, please? All those led by God's Spirit are God's sons. Again, all those led by God's Spirit are God's sons. So if you're not being led by God's Spirit, then you are whose son then? The devil. <laughs> Is that not clear? If you are not being led by the Spirit of God, if you are you're, the, the leadings of the things you do is not by the Spirit of God, then obviously it's by the devil. It's, it's just black and white. But this is in verse 14. Let's go to verse 12 through to verse 16, and uh, we'll read together again. So then, brothers, we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh. So we can easily live according to the flesh. Is that not what the Scripture is saying? Oh, are you here with me? Now, 13 says, for if you live according to the flesh, you are going to die. Obviously, everybody will die. But is that, it's not talking about a physical death. You catch what I'm sharing with you. Right. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, then you will live. I've always been saying that You've chosen not to do a whole lot of things, this, that, and the other, because you want to be a believer. And if by all these things, you stand before the Father who says that, I do not know you, you worker of iniquity. Then you begin to say, oh, I was a member of that church. I did this, I did this. I do not, I di I do not know you. That scripture will be fulfilled one day. Then, what was the point of staying here? <laughs> Amen? So if we are here, we've got to live right. Uh, you catch what I'm sharing with you, church. Amen? It says that if by the Spirit, you no, for if you live according to the flesh, <laughs> you are going to die. But if by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will do what? You will live. 13, uh, 14. All those led by God's Spirit are God's sons. 15, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Then 16, the Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit. I'll be looking at that later on, that we are God's children. Wow. We want to be led by the Spirit. So 12 and 13 has indicated to us that one can be led by the flesh or by the soul. Amen? Because we have the Spirit, the body, and the what? Oh, amen? You catch that. Right. And 14 to 16, or 14 um, more so, tells us that we should be led or live by the Spirit. Amen? Now, 
from that backdrop, we also know that Satan has deceptive tactics that he uses. And Satan confuses believers using every deception at his disposal to make sure he keeps us walking down the wrong path. He has every deception <laughs> that he would like to bring our way to make sure that we do what he wants us to do. Someone will say, how? Well, he indoctrinates us into his program. Where we look to our emotions. Remember, we spent the whole of, um, I think, first three or four months looking at um, the, 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 the soul. And what did we say? We talked about what? The mind, the what? The emotions and what? And the wheel. Do you, do you, do you catch, do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Right. And so he makes us look at our emotions or outward circumstances as the basis for God's leadership and direction in our lives instead of yielding to the Holy Spirit's inner witness in our inner man. We're going to be looking at these things very well. And so I want you to catch these things. You know, one way he did it, for instance, when he came to the garden, he appealed to the emotions of the woman. Amen? Isn't it? Has God really said, as a matter of fact, yeah, he's not treating me well. Why doesn't he want us to, you know, he went on and on and on. By that time, you, he appealed to the mind, the emotions, and then eventually her will fell for what the enemy wanted to do. And eventually she took of it had to eat it and give it to the husband as well. Amen. Praise God. And that is one key thing that the enemy focuses on because if he's able to get that part of your life or your being, that will be it. He can even at times parade believers around you who will say they are being led by the Holy Spirit or who are being led by God. You'd be surprised. You can have a believer, people who, you know, your church folks, friends, who will be able to tell you, oh, yes, that is the way of God. That is the things of God. But is it, is it really? Amen? We, we need to read. I want you to, because I like asking these questions as I study the word and all the time we will turn everything upside down to see what God really intends. Because we have people coming around us. Well-meaning friends, well-meaning neighbors, workmates, you name it. And they always will appeal to you where you are at, at that time to be able to reach out to you. And Satan knows how to do that. And sometimes we all will come around and say, so, oh, this is what I believe the Lord is saying. I believe God. And they will speak in a way that you will be able to feel that this is what he is. Look, I remember the disciples at a point... Um, I think in Mark's gospel, Mark um, chapter 9 and um, verse 38 or Luke chapter 9, um, 49 to 55, I'm sure that you uh, might have read of that account before when the disciples came to Jesus 
you know, I think they were going to a particular place or they've come out from a particular place and they saw someone baptizing, you know, um, uh, some, someone, you know. Then they came to the Lord and said, ah, when we, we saw this individual, you know, doing what, you know, maybe we are supposed to do or what you should have done. You know, emotionally, they, 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 they felt that they felt what they were saying was right. Something ought to be done. And the Lord had to tell them that, look, <laughs> let, let, let them do it. Hallelujah. Amen. Let them do it. Because as you stop them, if they are really for us, they will be for us. Amen. If not, it will come to naught. Amen. So, we, we, we need to really be very careful. He says, teacher, we saw someone driving out. Here he says demons, but I think in Luke's gospel, he talks about, I think it was baptism or something. Demons in your name. And we tried to stop him because he wasn't following us. He wasn't part of us. Amen? Uh, you, you catching that? He's not one of us, so why should he do what we do? And also, when you read First Samuel chapter 23, verse 9, and then chapter 24, verse 1 to 5, you will see um, the area where David, when Saul had attempted several, well, a few times, Saul didn't like him because of who he was. And Saul had just got to a place whereby he was, you know, um, having a time of his own, and um, he had taken his clothes, and then the um, David's friends or you know men came around him, and I like how they put. It. As a matter of fact, I want us to read it because I like how they they put it. Um, chapter twenty-four, from verse one to five. Earlier on, it was one. Uh, that is, let's read from verse twenty-nine. First Samuel chapter twenty-three. Because you understand it. Um, I want you to catch that um, from, from verse 29. 1 Samuel chapter 23 from verse 29. And then we'll come to chapter 24 and end at verse 5. And you understand what I'm talking about. Then David went up from there and dwelt in strongholds at En Gede. Now it happened when Saul had returned from following the Philistines that it was told him, saying, take note, David is in the wilderness of En Gede. Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men from all Israel and went to seek David and his men on the rocks of the wild goats. You see, someone trying to chase after your life. So he came to the sheepfold by the road where there was a cave. And Saul went in to attend to his needs. David and his men were staying in the recess princesses of the cave. Then the men of David, <laughs> amen. Then the men of David said to him, this is the day of which the Lord said to you. <laughs> Are you here with me? Today is today. See the prophecies, all those things, today is today. Behold, I'll deliver your enemy into your hand that you may do to him as it seems good to you. You see the counsel that was being given here. Are you, are you here with me? 
And David arose and secretly cut off a corner of Saul's robe. So he, re- he, 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 he acted based on the counsel that he gave. But look at what they were saying. And you would think that that was right. But now it happened after what David's heart troubled him because he had cut Saul's robe. Amen. He realized that I've touched the anointed. Hallelujah. That is, that is a whole teaching by itself. So people can come along and tell you how they feel. Because the enemy works through those aspects of our life. And they'll tell us what they think. We are being led by the Lord. I think the Lord is leading me. I think this is what God is saying. Is it really? And how? There are three categories of believers. Those who understand how to be led by the Holy Spirit. By the leadings of the inner witness. There are those who have been indoctrinated by the devil to operate out of the emotional realm of their soul. And consequently, have never learned how to operate out of their spirit man. Let me tell you something. Some have been in church for years. They sing the songs, they read the word, they know everything. But they do not know the voice or the leadings of the inner man. Are you here with me? A lot of people have been in church. It doesn't matter what church it is. There are believers that have trained themselves to be led by the Spirit of God. But majority of us as well are led by emotions. And that is where the enemy has indoctrinated us or helped us because of the fallen nature of man and our dealings. And that is Satan's attempt to lead through a person's emotions. The majority of believers sometimes find themselves in that second category. And there are those who don't acknowledge any form of divine leadership at all. Praise God. You understand what I'm sharing with you? These three categories. Those who know how to be led by the Holy Spirit. The inner witness. And they are led by the Spirit of God. There are those who also have been indoctrinated by the enemy to think that that is the way being led by their emotions. Ah, all of a sudden, you know, and so all the time you are led by your emotions that you think that it is right. And earlier on when we were praying um, during the intercession, um, the um, quotation from Proverbs um, that Pastor Joyce was using, you know, sometimes the, the way that seems right to a man. But the end thereof is what we need to look at. Amen. Says the end, just as we read earlier on, it says, those that are led by the flesh die. That is what Proverbs was trying to say. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Amen. Okay. And there are those, as I'm saying, the third category of people that don't have any divine leadership at all. They just, they come to church, go, anything goes. So, we'll be looking at these things today. And if you realize, I'm taking my time. There is what we call the inner witness. 
And then what we call the soulish emotions. Praise God. That is what we call the inner witness. And what we call the soulish emotions. Proverbs chapter 20 and 27. Proverbs 20, 27. Let's please all read it together. The spirit of a man is a lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. Now, if you look at this scripture, it says the spirit, and the word spirit there is a small letter, uh, spirit, which is your spirit. Amen? Your spirit is a lamp of the Lord. All right? Now, when we read earlier on Romans 8, 14, it says, those that are led by the spirit of God is capital S. So, the Holy Spirit because of the Spirit of God, what well, the Spirit that is in us, we, we will look at that, and I, I know you've read that several times in this house. The Holy Spirit that is in us communicates with our spirit in the leading of us. Amen. But that, your spirit is key. That is why you've got to be very, very, very careful that you don't allow the enemy to let your flesh or your emotions take or override your spirit. Because when your emotions begin to override, we, we did that um, when we were looking at um, the, um, uh, what do you call it? Renewing our mind. We drew that um, three circles a while back. Amen. Whichever way you allow to superimpose or, uh, 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 yeah, the other, or you feed, let me put it that way, that is what... It's going to be directing your path all the time. And you need to be very, very careful that you don't allow anything, your flesh or your, your, your soul, your soulish, that is to say, your will, your emotions, and your mind to take hold or to fight against the spirit, as against scripture puts it. Okay? As we go through, you understand what I'm talking about. But this is very important. He says, the spirit of a man is what? Is a lamb that the Lord uses. Proverbs 20, 27, for you and I. And we need to be very careful of this verse because a lot of things will be hanging on this as I proceed. The spirit of a man is a lamb of the Lord. The Lord does not speak to us through our flesh. Did you hear that? The Lord does not speak to your, your soul. Amen. He speaks to us through our spirit. So, if you want to hear the voice of God, obviously not from your flesh. Obviously not from your soul. But your spirit. Hallelujah. You see, have you realized in Genesis, if you read Genesis chapter 1, it's an Overview, overview of the whole of creation theory, or the, well, not theory, but the, the creation story, if I'll put it that way, all right? So, he talks about everything in, um, in, in chapter 1, and then when you go to chapter 2, he begins, although from, for instance, Genesis 1, 26 to 28, God speaks over man, the thoughts and the intentions of God over man, he spoke it, everything in chapter 1. You come to chapter 2, all right? And then 
we, we, we look at chapter 2, verse 7, where it says, God created man. The, the creation, the, the formation of man. It says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. But before then, God never said anything. As I'm saying, if you look at chapter 1, yes, it was an overview. Because in everything, every subject, there is an overview. Then you begin to go through whatever that it is. Right? Now, he, whatever the intentions of God was, you know, he gave that overview in chapter 1. But chapter, uh, from verse 1 to 7, we never see God speaking to man directly. But after the creation of man, when he took him to the garden, we are told, I think it's verse 15, maybe verse 15 or 16, when God now spoke to man. Or, okay, um, let's 17, 15, 16, 17. No, chapter 2. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and the Lord God commanded the man. So now, now that man has become a living soul, all right? Are you catching that? Now he's speaking to man or he's communicating to man. This was before the fall. So God was now speaking to the spirit of man or telling him already his intention had already been declared and the things that God wanted to do. Now God was speaking to him so that he could be able to hear him by his spirit. Not just in the flesh. Before, you know, when he was lying down, before, uh, what do you call it, um, he breathed onto him and he became a living soul because he would have just been speaking to dust. Are you catching what I'm sharing with you? Amen? So God communicates to us in that way. And we need to be very, very mindful that we don't allow our spirit man to be contaminated. Our spirit is the part of us that God illuminates. And through that, he communicates to us. It is through our spirit that the Holy Spirit leads us. Amen? It is through our spirit that the Holy Spirit leads us, not through our emotions our, or the soul or our flesh. And the most dominant method he uses to accomplish his leadership is the inner witness. And if I talk of the inner witness, that is yours, the Holy Spirit communicating to your inner being, your inner man, your spirit. Just as when you got born again, you knew that your sins are forgiven. Your inner man, your spirit man knew that something that has been attached. You can cry and cry and cry and cry and cry. If you are not saved, you know you are not saved. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? But also you can cry and cry, but you know that something, something happened. Something has happened. You know, there is always a time that, you know, this thing, God has spoken. God has, you know, you know that you know that you know. That you know, that you know, that you know, that you know, that your inner man heard his voice. Other than that, it, you just have the emotions. You jump, you cry, you laugh, whatever, and then it will wear off. Oh, are you here with me? When it wears off, you realize that how you wear is how you wear. But when your spirit man is touched, spoken to, dealt with, the emotions may wear off, but you know that your spirit man knows. That he knows that he knows. That he knows that he knows that he knows that he knows in your Noah. Hallelujah. That this is it. Praise God. And so that is what you and I need to be able to be developing. And we'll be looking at all these very soon. So when we differentiate between the spirit and the emotions or our soul, um, as we read from... 
um, Romans chapter 8, verse 12 through to 16, Galatians 5, 18. Again, those of us who were here earlier on in the morning during the intercession, um, there were a whole lot of things that um, were read from verse, I think, 18, from 22 or 18 to 23. The aspects whereby we're looking at the things of the, of the flesh. You know, but it says, 18 says, but you are led, amen? Oh, are you here with me? But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. But what is it? Let's go on, please. What are some of the things? And then it says, now the works of the flesh are evident. These are the things which are adultery. We, we, we touched that this earlier this morning. Fornication, uncleanness, lewdness. Let's go on. I idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies. Let's go on. Envy, murderers, drunkenness. It goes on and on and on and on. It says those who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Are you catching that? Amen. So the flesh leads us. Our emotions will direct us to cause us to do all sorts. But as 18, verse 18 was talking about, we've got to be mindful of the fact that we are led by the Spirit. Amen. Now, you know I like doing this. It is not just for any purposes, but for me, I always want to study the Scriptures as per how it's as it was written. Because sometimes the translations are said that you read one letter, but you go to the other and you, you, you may lose the insight. So I like really doing research on the word to find out things. That is me. Amen. And that gives me understanding. Because it makes me walk out of my, 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 my Bible study knowing that it is not just you, you seeing this word here, seeing that word there. You may think that is the same and it may not be the same. And you may not have the understanding thereof. Now, if we go back to Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. Romans 8, 14. And I want all of us to read it again. Let's, I want us to read it again. For as many. Now, have you realized not? Some, of course, may not, isn't it? But it says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Now, the word led the Greek, all right, is A-G-U, but in the pronunciation of it is ago, or ago, you, is, you, you and I would say a long time ago in Bethlehem. But it's A-G-U, right? Now, that word, for as many as are led, as many as are led, it means as many that are brought into, all right, by the Spirit. The word led there, A-G-U or ago, is to be brought into or to bring, to bring or to drive. So it says, as many as that are driven, all right, the Holy Spirit drives us. Amen. He drives us all to go or carry or bring forth or lead away. That is to say, the as many as are led away, as many as are brought into, as many as that are driven, as many as he takes us to, that is, it is his 
He who drives us. He who directs us. He who leads us. He who, by, 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 if I would say, by holding our hands, bring us to where he wants us to. They are the sons of God. Write these scriptures down in Matthew. Because I will quickly let us look at that. Matthew chapter 10 verse 18. And um, if you could be quick on these, because as you write down, I just want us to, Matthew 10, it says, now the same led, you see, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Look at this, if you look at Matthew 10, 18, you will be brought before governors, kings for my sake, as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. Be brought, that word, uh, uh, what do you call, be brought, as you see there, is the same A-G-U. Are you here with me? So, you will, you will be led. Alright? So, you will be brought. The same word, A-G-U, but here, L-E-D has not been used, brought, but it, you, you will be brought before kings. And uh, governors and kings, for my sake, as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. That is to say, you will be brought, you will be led. Now, verse, um, chapter, 20, chapter 21 Verse 2 and 7, I think. Saying to them, go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Lose them and bring them to me. So bring them. So you lose, you will find a colt, all right? And you will bring them. Again, it's like, and lose them and lead them to me. A-G-U, all right? The same word, you know. So, you won't tie that coat, but you are the one going to bring that coat. You will lead that coat to me. You, you catch that. Amen. Verse 7. They brought the donkey and the coat, laid their clothes on them, and set him, uh, and set him on them. Again, the word they brought, brought, there is A-G-U. They led the donkey. Okay, and the cold. Are you catching that? So it is the Holy Spirit that is in us will bring us or take us to the place. He will lead us. He will direct us. Just as they untie the colt or the donkey and lead the donkey to where he was. Are you following that? Amen. Okay, chapter 26 and verse 46 in Matthew. I'm just trying to let us understand these things. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. So let us be going. Again, is that word A-G-U. Let rise, let us be going. Amen? Let us be going. So the Holy Spirit will cause us to go. Hallelujah. As I said again earlier, go. You know, that is L-E-D. A-G-U, uh, uh, led, A-G-U means to bring, drive, go, carry, bring forth, lead away. So it is all these things. Now let's go to the book of Mark. Mark 1.38. Mark 1.38. But he said to them, let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also. Because of this purpose I have come forth. Amen. So let us go. Amen. Amen. That is, there is a leading. I, 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 there is a whole, okay, Mark 11, 
2 and 7, write it down as well. I won't read it, but at least you've got a picture of what I'm trying to share with you. And then Mark 13, 11. Mark 14, 42. If you go to Luke's gospel, Luke chapter 4, verse 1, verse 9, 29, 40, and then chapter 10, verse 34. If you go to John's gospel, John chapter 1, 42, chapter 7, and 45. Amen. If you see the, 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 the dimension of what I'm trying to share, to be led by the Spirit, you know, He drives us, He takes us, He carries us, He leads us. He takes us he, to go somewhere by his leadings. He just as the coat, if you use even the coat alone, untying the coat and leading the coat where the Lord was, they led the, the coat did not go by himself, but they had to untie the coat and do, did what? And led the coat to where the Lord was. So the Holy Ghost or bring forth, bring it to a place, whatever that is. So the Holy Spirit's leading is very, very key. It's very, very important. The Holy Spirit bears witness with our human spirit. And that is what in Numa to Numa, the Holy Spirit will bear witness with your spirit. Just like when you got born again, you knew that I've been born again. There was something within you that knew that. You, have, you didn't just ask the Lord to come into your life because anybody can say that but not mean it. But with you, you knew something had taken place. Are you catching that? Amen. It, it bears, that is why we, it bears witness. The, the reason is that the Holy Spirit who was there, who is there, knew that something had happened. And just like at any other time, when anybody is bearing witness, it is an eyewitness. I saw it. I heard it. I, are you catching what I'm sharing with you? So the Holy Spirit bears witness that I, you know, and your spirit man will bear witness that you know within you. We'll see how these things will, we can identify that very soon. Your, your spirit man, you have your own spirit. But the Holy Spirit speaking will bear witness with you, pneuma to pneuma, your spirit, not your soul. Because your flesh will say, oh, don't do it. Ah, don't be bothered. But your spirit, man, you, you know, and then you hear your spirit, man, listening. But then your soul will say, ah, don't come. you know that aspect? That is what I'm talking about. We will look at these things. So the emotional realm of the soul can fluctuate. And that is what I told you earlier on. From excitement when everything is going right to sadness when it is not. But there is a steadfast, stabilizing quality of the born-again human spirit that is within us. That we don't allow the fluctuating of what our emotions, our soul, our minds. Because of what I tell you today, for instance, Auntie Maureen or Mildred or Anne-Marie, if your, your emotions can fluctuate. Based on what I come and tell you, oh, don't mind Auntie Maureen, oh, do you know this? And by the time you realize your emotions also get hold of So you begin to act based and lead your leadings, the things you want to do, is based on the things you are hearing. But the voice of the Spirit is such that the Holy Word that is already dead is always stabilized. No matter how your emotions are jumping up and down, God's Spirit and God's word is still the same. And you know that his spirit is telling you that. But still, we most of the time override that. Come on. Are you, are you catching what I'm sharing with you? Amen. So we need to look at 
how we take decisions, where we go, what we do. Because sometimes you'll be going to a place, you'll be, you know, you plan to say this. If I say this, if I do that, if I do that, do that if I do that. And you see, all that you're doing is either your, your mind, your, in, your, your, your emotions or your will intending to do X, Y, Z, whatever that is, that will cause you to do all those things. But deep down, I know somehow your spirit man will be telling you that, this is not the way. But what happens is that you still all the time want to do what you want, but there are consequences thereof. Because the Spirit just says, all right, if you want to do, but you will face the consequences. I'm not going to be part of it. And the issue is that one day, the enemy will use that same thing to be able to turn against you. And so our emotional realm is such that we have to be very, very careful. Because when you are going through something, all the time, all of a sudden, you feel like giving up. You feel like giving up because you are going through whatever you are going through. All right? And so, your, 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 soulish, your soulish emotions tells you to give up. Give up on God's word. Give up on whatever you are. Don't do it. He will tell you and give you a reason to do that. But you realize that your inner man will say, you know, holding on God's word against what your emotions may be leading you to do. Are you catching what I'm sharing with you, church? Amen? You know, as, and you see, this is where we've got to be very careful because that is always the time where an emotional person or emotion, uh, if I talk of emotional person, one who thinks, talks, or relates, or is led by the soulish nature will come and bear witness to what you are witnessing in you. <laughs> Amen? Are, are, you, are you catching what I'm sharing with you? Because at that point where you are at, the, a soulish person will come just as the Holy Spirit will bear witness to your spirit. One who operates and is led by his soulish nature will come and bear witness to what you are going through, what you are thinking, what you are expecting, and bear witness for you to think that what you are doing is right and that's the leading. Oh, is the church catching what I'm saying? But then you realize that in all this, a spirit man will also come, as, or one who is led by the spirit can also come and speak to you from the context of the things of the spirit. But you see, the thing is that sometimes we allow the emotion to override that of the spirit. Amen? Amen? And then we give, unfortunately, the glory to the devil instead of the glory being given to to the Lord. So the Holy Spirit wants to do, or wants to let us do better so that the enemy doesn't take hold or advantage of us. And so it's very, very important. That's why it says they, they that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Not those who go to church. Not those who just call themselves believers. That's why it says for as many, which means that you can be a member of the church but you may not be part of the many. Oh, come on. Are you understanding what I'm saying? You may be a part of the choir, but you may not be, be leading, being led by the Spirit. <laughs> you may be part of Tower of Faith, yes, but you may not be one that is led by the Spirit. But there is a way that seems right unto you. This is it. Because that is from um, uh, the scripture from the beginning of the year. You know, that is the standard of the world. This is what, this is what I want to do. This is what, so 
that shows. But then you see the bit where we read about proving. You know, you'll be going through all that. But because a renewed mind will know that there is the, the airport or the port or whatever, the proving, the custom officer, that will tell you that this bit cannot go through. Amen. Praise God. Right. So, the Holy Spirit wants to develop our character to such an extent that the still quiet voice of our inner man is louder than the turmoil of pressure. Praise God. Are you here with me? There is the turmoil of pressure around us. Every one of us. There is a turmoil of pressure. Work. You name it. Anything. But the Holy Spirit wants to develop something within us so that in the midst of the pressure, we'll be careful to hear his voice. And that comes as he develops our character. He wants to lead us out of, the, of, of, of a walk based on the flesh, as we read from Galatians, and have a dominant uh, and, uh, uh, from the flesh and uh, being dominated by our emotions into a walk of the spirit in which he will know, teach us how to know um, the discerning of his voice. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, the inner man, I've been, I've been talking about the inner man or the inner witness. The inner man, the inner witness. Because I'm saying that we'll have that inner man, the Holy Spirit, you know, bearing witness with our inner man, our, your spirit, your, who you really are. Because remember, you are housed in this tent and you have a soul. But you, you, your real person, and the soul is what coordinates and helps you to be able to live here on earth and to be able to, you know, you know whatever, your, your emotions, your, your, your mind, your, your will, and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, your communication with God and who you are and what you are supposed to be, you know, the, the issue is that your inner man, that inner man, your spirit man, you, we need to be able to train it so that we can be able to hear you know, what God is saying in, in the midst of the turmoil. So the inward witness is a special sensation in a newborn spirit man. Remember, when you are not born again, your inner man does not hear or is not able to, you know, the communication between you and the Lord, there's a cutoff, if I put it that way, all right? If I say the telephone lines are cut off, <laughs> amen? But when you get born again, they are renewed. That is what we call a regeneration, Amen? You know, um, you go to some places and all of a sudden um, you drive around some of these areas and you see buildings coming up, all these, you know, skyscrapers, then you name it, realize certain places were, you know, brought down and new things are coming up. There's a regeneration going on. You know, nowadays when you go to somewhere that you knew a while back, if you are not very careful, the next time you go, you may not see the place again because there is a whole new, you know, different things happening. Alright, so the Holy Spirit comes to bring a regeneration to our inner, inner man. He was dead. Hallelujah. Praise God. It, it was dead, but then, you know, that is uh, Romans 8, 16. Let's look at Romans 8, 16 quickly, please. It says what? The Spirit himself bears witness. Alright, with, with our spirit. With your inner man. The Holy Spirit is bearing witness. The Holy Spirit is doing what? Bearing witness with your spirit that you are 
we are children of God. It's the Holy Spirit himself that is bearing witness. That this that has taken place, at what happened at Calvary, your, your sins that were forgiven, you know, to be honest with you, is true because the blood of Christ still forgives. Are you, are you understanding that? And it bears witness with your spirit that you have been forgiven. Hallelujah. And you know that you know really that you come out of that cross and you know that, look, my sins are forgiven. And so when the enemy comes and tells you that, no, you, you are not saved, you have not been forgiven, you know all this that has happened, this and that and that, oh, it's not true, no. You can be able to tell him that I, there is a witness in my inner man, in my spirit, not in your soul, as I said. Amen? Not in your soul, because that is where all those contentions are going on. And your flesh, how you are also feeling in your flesh. But your spirit man tells you that I've been forgiven. Amen. So, um, let's quickly look at Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. Ephesians chapter 1. Now, look, look at this scripture. In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also being believed, uh, sorry, in whom also having believed, you were what? You were what? Sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now, verse 14. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory? Now, let's go quickly to 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. All of us have a level of anointing or the anointing in us. All of us. Everyone or every child of God, there is, there is that anointing in us. So he says, but the anointing, basically the Holy Spirit, amen, that is what he's saying. He said, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. This, this thing that I'm teaching, I'm telling you, if you and I are able to understand it, it will save us from a lot of trouble. So please, let's really get this. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. Now, please, as I read in Ephesians, I'm reading this in this scripture as well, in this verse as well. The Spirit is in you, and it's bearing witness with you. So sometimes, Maureen will come and tell you, Mildred, that when church is finished, it's a crude way, but you understand it better. I'll give you the church keys. You come, and then you have a car. Mildred, so that's why I'm mentioning your name. But it's not going to happen. I'm just using it as an example. You come and one by one you load everything here. And then you go to night market. <laughs> and get rid of it all and put some money in your accounts. You should be able to have the spirit in you to say, Auntie Maureen. She will come and say that you have been praying for money. You have been praying for financial breakthrough. Please, I'm trying to use that as an, it's, as I say, it's a crude way, but you get this picture. You have, maybe she heard you praying. She was walking past and you were alone sitting down here, Lord, I need a financial breakthrough. Come through for me, Lord. And you begin to use all the verses and you, you roll your, you know, everything. And then morning head and then when church finishes, she says, oh, I know how you can make some money. Some people are in need of this. Then you come and take everything straight away because you have the Holy Spirit in us that resides in you 
you should be able to tell Maureen that what she's telling you, that that was the voice of God, is not the voice of God. I don't know what that is. Amen? You should be able to say that this thing that you are saying, as much as I prayed for money and I prayed for breakthrough, this thing that you are saying, it is not God's voice. Because me too, the spirit in me, tells me not to go that way. So you do not need anyone to come and go on and on. But I'm not saying that you don't need people's guidance. I'm never saying that you don't need people, you know, leadership and all that. But what I'm trying to let you understand is that the anointing that is in you, you should be able to have a bearing of your, a, a bearing, it should bear witness to your spirit. When something or a way, a move that you know you are being led to go for, for whatever, it's not, a, although it may sound wise, it may look good in the eyes of man. Amen? You need to be very careful about these things. Amen? Because the anointing will teach us. It helps produce the sensation that I'm going to be talking about. This sensation, how you pick these things up. I'm going to be teaching you very soon. It helps produce the sensation which we call the inner witness. You know that this is not God's voice. David, this is the day, the prophecy. It should come. David should be a man that knows, ah, this thing is not God. Although it sounds nice. Hallelujah. You see, if you look at, please write it down because of time. Otherwise, I'd wanted us to read it. Numbers chapter 9, verse 15 to 23. Numbers chapter 9, 15 to 23. And Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 15. I'm sure this scripture, you are all familiar with it. The Israelites. God led them by a pillar of cloud during the day so that the sun will not come, you know, uh, you know, you know uh, scorch them. And then also um, by night, by fire. If you read throughout even the whole of the chapter, and I think in Deuteronomy, you realize that God continued to do this all throughout in those times. They're leading by the cloud, by night and by day. You know, the Lord, again, as I'm saying, if you were to read through it, it will fascinate you. These verses that I've given you. How God led them in the olden days, in the time of old, all right, because the Holy Ghost only comes, as I've taught you again, upon people like, like the, the kings, the, the priests, the, and, and, and the prophets to use them for, for the work that the Lord wanted them to do. After that, he comes upon them, all right? But you see, in the leading of the, the, the church in the wilderness, it was by the cloud. And so wherever the cloud, when the cloud settles or stays, the Israelites remains there. Read it, and you see it. When the cloud moves, the Israelites will move. Do you want us to read it so that you understand what I'm talking about? Amen? You know, as the cloud moves, then they'll move together. If the cloud remains here, then they stay there. So it was again just by the word leading, the being led by the Spirit. In the time of old, as the cloud was moving them, in the New Testament age, the Holy Ghost that is in us leads us. Are you, are you, are you catching that? Amen? The cloud was all the protection leadings and all that. So in the time of old, as the, the church in the wilderness were being, by being led by the cloud, here in the New Testament age, it is the leadings of the Holy Spirit that causes us to go, stay, remain, or what have you. And so that is why you've got to be very sensitive because if in the church of old, that the church in the wilderness, if they don't stay under the cloud, they are not under the protection of the Lord. 
And if they don't follow the leadings of the cloud, anything could happen. That's why it was by the pillar, um, pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. Amen? Praise God. It was not just a protection of um, heat and all that kind of stuff that sometimes we may think it is, but it was God himself leading his people in the way where he was directing them until they get to the promised land. Are you, are you here with me? But in the New Testament age, it is the Holy Spirit that is in us, and we've got to be very sensitive. That is why Moses and the leaders will lead them as by the leadings of the cloud, and as they all saw, they will all move. If the cloud remains, they will remain there until the cloud moves again. That would be fascinating those times. Amen. Until the cloud moves with their stationary, and then we, we, we put our tent, as you read, their tents will be made up, and they'll stay there. And when the cloud moves, they'll just unfold their tents. And that is why Moses only built a tabernacle, because it was a journey. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? But uh, for David, it was a temple, or Mo, uh, Solomon had to build a temple. Praise God. Now, this, these things... You know, in, 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 in our walk with the Lord, is so important. It's so, so important. Okay. So, just as the Holy Spirit leading us, likewise, as I've said, the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night in the church in the wilderness, I'm talking of the Israelites, it is like a basic sensation of right and wrong or the working of the conscience which bears witness to the, to, to, to the rightness or wrongness of a thing. As um, Romans, again, chapter 9 and verse 1 talks about. You know, here we, we, we zone in. I'm going to be teaching you five sensations. You know, please allow me how you can be able to be led by the Spirit, as according to Scripture, as the New Testament has said. All right? But then I want to show you this aspect. But Paul walked with God, or he, he how do I put it? In the, Paul's walk with the Lord, it was as he was led by the Spirit and also as by the conscience. The conscience, as, as a matter of fact, that is the aspect, the spirit man, as we learned during the time of um, renewing our mind, the aspect, the spirit man, how God speaks to us. Amen? Or we know what is, is this way or that way. So I say, I tell the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience also bearing. So you see, the Holy Spirit bearing witness, he says, and my conscience, what I'm, some, someone said, but pastor, what are you talking about? But I can't pick up the sensation. But he says, my conscience also bearing witness, bearing bury me witness, now not in my flesh, not in my soul, but where is the conscience bearing witness? Wait, in, in the spirit. So you cannot say that the Holy Spirit is dragging me here, but my conscience is dragging me in there. Oh, come on, church, Amen. But as you get the sensation, you know that even your conscience, your conscience is bearing witness as well that what the Spirit is saying is true. Amen. Amen. The conscience needs to be trained. That is why when we get born again, brethren, we spend so much time, we dealt with the renewing of the mind. Maybe at that time you didn't know how this series was going to go through. But the thing is that our conscience needs to be trained and guided by the word of God. If our conscience is not trained and we are conforming to the standards of the world, you will be born again and there's always going to be a conflict between your spirit man and your conscience. Because your conscience will be telling you, go that way because that is what he thinks is right because of this, that, and the other. And he'll give you reasons why you should do that. But you know, it will not be sitting, the Holy Ghost is, is not, uh, will not be saying that 
is of God. But then your conscience man had not been trained because the world standard says that, the, 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 you know, friends who say that, you know, um, colleagues who say that, church folks who say that, um, family people, m- members who say that, and also so you want to do that because you think that is what it is. But the thing is that we, until we train our conscience with God's word, that is why until we prove what is that good and perfect will of God, you'll be surprised that you'll be thinking that you are a child of God, but yet you're leading are not what God expects. So the conscience is so tender. Now, please watch this. Now, I want you to catch this as well before we move on to the five uh, sensations. The conscience is so tender that it can be seared or deadened with sin and unrighteousness. Amen? Are you here with me? Our conscience, Paul is saying that my conscience also bearing witness with me in the spirit. But your conscience can be seared. Your conscience can be dead to the things of God. And your conscience can be, see, I'm going to show you something here. Your conscience can be seared to sin or conform to the standards of the world. Or your conscience will be seared or dead to unrighteous thoughts and things to the extent that even when God is speaking, you still feel you are right. Amen? Now, First Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. Are you here with me? First Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. Now, let's all please read it together. I want all of us to read it together. Speaking lies in hypocrisy. Actually, let's start from verse 1, please. Sorry, I'm sorry. You get the understanding. I want, I want you to catch this. All right? Now, let's go together. Now, the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. And this is going on around. And it doesn't mean somebody's preaching it or somebody, it can be friends, it can be neighbors, it can be whoever. People talking about it and you think that is maybe true because it sits with what you are going through. Now, let's come to verse 2. Verse 2, it says, speaking lies in what? Hypocrisy. Having their own, not someone else's, but their own conscience, what? Seared with hot iron. I'll come back to that very soon. Let's go to uh, until verse 6, please. Amen. Let's read it together. Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For, for every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. Five, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer sakes. If you instruct, now, 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 watch that. Now, verse 6, if me as a minister, watch this. If you instruct the brethren in these things, you'll be a good minister of Jesus Christ, just like he spoke spoke to Timothy. Amen. Nourished in the words of faith and of good doctrine, which you have carefully followed. So what we are going through, I'm I'm imparting this to you so that your conscience that is seared and my conscience that is seared and the truth of being led by the spirit that I'm teaching, you will know what is right to the, the way forward. Amen? Amen? Now, watch this. Um, Ephesians 4, 19, and then we'll come back to 1 Timothy 4, 2. Are you catching this? All right. Ephesians, did you catch it? 4, 19. Who being past feeling have given themselves over to what? Oh, to what? To work all what? Uncleanness with what? Greediness. 
Now, please, let's go back to 1 Timothy 4, 2. And we're all going to be saying it again because I want to point something out to you. It says what? Speaking lies in what? Hypocrisy. Having their own conscience, what? Seared with what? A hot iron. The word seared, I know you know this, means to burn, to mark, to injure with or as if with sudden heat. All right? Or mark into, now let me put it this way. All right, I, I can use this one. Uh, okay, if, if I can use this. Can you all see this? This um, yeah, logo or whatever that it is. When scripture says that our conscience is seared with hot iron, the memory of sin, the memory of hurt, the memory of, um, of, of unrighteousness, the memories of the work of the flesh and everything that the enemy teaches us and whatever, it's, it says, see it with a hot iron. Basically, he has ironed it in such a way that it is. It, is, it has become one with this. <laughs> Amen? Amen? So it has become a mark into your memory. A, and greed in it. Hallelujah. It has become so dry, but it, with, with a hot patch. That is set in. So what is like this? Okay. <laughs> I know you get what I'm, I'm trying to let you understand this. Have you seen these inscriptions, for instance? That is on the, on the conga. This inscription is said that however that they did it, you know, it is attached to it. Oh, it's, it's me. Don't worry. <laughs> Sorry. You know, it is, it's been seared with it. And so what is happening is that... Let me, Okay, thank you. It is being seared with it. And so sometimes that is how our conscience, certain things that has been handed us, the things you do, certain things you think about, the memory of certain things, the enemy makes sure that it is seared. And so even when God's word is coming to you to say that this is not the way, because you have known it, you have heard it, it's been around you, you that is what you followed or whatever that you've held on to all this while, it is seared in such a way that it is, it is engraved, you know, like the word. It's engraved in your, in your memory, your, your spirit man, your conscience, that it cannot go. So no matter what, you go back, even you come, you pray about it, and you go back taking it again. Why? Because it, you, 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 it, is, it, it is embedded within your spirit man or your, your, conscience, your, your, your conscience or your being. But it takes the power of God to be able to break it. And that is why God's word will come to you. Someone can bring correction to you. Someone can bring whatever to you. And no matter what the person will say, you will still not listen to it. Because your conscience, that thing is embedded in you. But it takes the power of God to bring that light to you and say, that, Ha! This is not it. And that is what Jesus, is, Jesus the power of God, can do. Oh, are you here with me? So that is what Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. Look at what Hebrews 10, 22 says. Are you, are you catching it? Amen? Because when we deal with it, now we can move on. Because until these bits are dealt with, you, your sensation, you will not be able to pick it up. Because your conscience will be such that all the time it follows to the thing you want to do. 
what your will want to do, what your emotions are saying do, and what your, you think you know, all right, by your, 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 your knowledge, you stay in that place. Your conscience has been seared with that heart, embedded in your memory in such a way that no matter how God is bringing a word of correction to you, you still think you are right. You think you, think you know. You think you, the, way, the way forward is right. That's why the Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man. Because you always think that that thing has been embedded in you. Your conscience is seared. God's word is coming to you, but it has been, your conscience is seared. It is seared. It's seared. So, Hebrews 10, 22 says, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Having now, look at something, having our hearts sprinkled from the evil conscience, all right, that conscience that the enemy has seared, and then our bodies washed with what? Pure water. And talking not the pure water they sell in some countries, amen, but the pure water that comes from above. Hallelujah. That washes us, cleanses us, and makes sure that that thing, but if, only if you allow. That is why in Romans chapter, we spend that time, the whole of three or four months, dealing if uh, Romans um, 12, amen, if only you are prepared to let that aspect be eroded. <laughs> Hallelujah. First Timothy chapter 1, please. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, 19. I don't know whether it's 9 or 19, but let's look at 9. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 19. Knowing that, knowing this, that the law is not made of a righteous person, but of the lawless and insubordinate, for the ungodly and for sinners, for the unholy and profane, for murderers. No, 19. Having faith, okay. Having faith and what? So you can have an evil conscience, and you, as we read earlier on, isn't it? And you can have what? A good conscience. A good conscience is what has been worked on by the word of God and by the power. It says that is why it's a pure, washed with the pure water. That is what talking of the word, the word. Because there, the other conscience is what, after what the blood has done, all the information you have taken in yourself, you have read by people, friends, I can go on and on and on. That builds that up. But when you begin to use God's word and you begin to erode and erode, just like even if the, I'm sure there may be a detergent or something, I don't know whatever it is, that you can use, although this has been embedded in it, that can be used. I'm just saying that you can use, but it will take you a long time to get it out. Are you catching that? Amen. So having faith and a good conscience which some have been rejected, because we can reject that which is of the Lord, the co good conscience of God. That's when you allow that searing of a hot iron continues, you reject good counsel. And then so concerning the faith, have suffered with shipwreck. Hallelujah. Are you, are, you, are you catching it? Now, chapter 3, verse 9. Same first Timothy chapter 3 and verse 9. Having the mystery of the faith with what? A pure conscience. So we know we looked at an evil conscience, good conscience, and what? Pure conscience. Hallelujah. These are very, very important. Now, how are we able to pick up the sensation of the spirit that I'm talking of? Being led. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. How can we? Those that are led by the Spirit of God are what? The sons of God. Okay. 
There are five, there may be more, but so far what I've studied, there are five incidents in the New Testament which speaks about the working of the inward witness in the spirit man. All right, the inner witness that I'm talking about. Okay, there may be more, but so far, five is what I've studied or picked up, and that's which I can conclude. All right, that, but there may be more. We want to be led by the Spirit. Amen. Now, each of these demonstrates a different area to which the inward witness bears witness. There are different levels. And so I want you to understand, I'm going to teach you these five. There are different levels, and we must develop sensitivi- uh, sensitivi- what? Sens- all right. to the various levels of the inward witness. Hallelujah. Praise God. Number one. When someone comes to you and all that, or you yourself, someone shouldn't even come to you, you yourself. There may be a situation, your, your own condition, your day-to-day life. You know, Romans 8, verse 12. Romans 8 and verse 12. Let's all read it together. Oh, did I say Romans? I'm sorry. Mark, Mark, Mark 8 and verse. I've been talking of Romans so much that. Mark 8, 12. Please, let's all read it together. But he sighed deeply in his spirit. Where did he sigh? Now, please watch this. Watch, please watch this. You will need it. I will need it. We will need it. Why, when you sigh, how do you sigh? But he says, he sighed deeply in his spirit. And said, why does this generation seek a sign? Assuredly, I say to you, no sign shall be given to this generation. But where did he sigh? In his spirit. But there was a reason why. There was something, there was a circumstance, a situation that was going on. That is why he sighed. Now, Mark chapter 7, verse 34. I'm just giving small, small scriptures, uh, 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 one or two scriptures so that you, you, we don't waste too much time. Again, let's read it together. Then looking up to heaven, what did he do? He sighed and said to him, Epata, that is, be open. Here there was a situation, all right, as well. Just like in, 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 in Mark 8, 12, here in Mark 7, the same word, sighed. But that word, sigh, here, please listen. He said he sighed, there was a situation. The Lord was around a condition, a situation just like this, all right. There was something as he was with the people, something happened, and then he sighed in his spirit. He had an inner witness in his spirit. All right? And that word sigh in the Greek is stenazo. All right? That is, he, he sighed, he had a stenazo in his spirit. But if you have a stenazo in your spirit, if you sigh in your spirit, and then he said, Epata, be opened. And then we saw what happened in Mark um, um, 8 as well. But listen, when he looked inside and then he said, be opened, there was a reason. The same word, sigh, all right, in Mark 7 and 8, look at Romans chapter 8, verse 23. I want to teach you something here. Amen. Not only that, but we also have, we have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves, now watch this, 
Even we ourselves, what? Grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. The word sigh in Mark chapter 7 and chapter 8, in Romans chapter 8, 23, he's using the word groan. Groan. All right? He, had to, he groaned in his spirit, but he said he sighed in his spirit. It's the same Greek Aramaic word for groan here and sigh there. But then go to chapter, uh, verse 26. The same Romans chapter 8 and verse 26. Amen. It says, likewise, the Spirit helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with what? Groanings which cannot be altered. So within us, as we come and we are praying, in Romans 8, 23 and 26, and I think 1 Corinthians chapter Five or so, I've forgotten. You know, there are um, a few scriptures I can give you. The same word, sigh in your spirit. The Lord was in a situation, and then he sighed in his spirit. But in Romans, we, Romans and in First Corinthians that I'm talking of, that word, sigh in your spirit, groaning, is from the context of the scripture, as you read it all, it's an indication that when that sigh takes place, it leads you into prayer. Are you here with me? Amen? It refers to do with prayer. So we can conclude that stenazo, that word stenazo, sigh in the spirit, gives reference to the spirit man speaking of a prayer burden that the Holy Spirit imparts, a sensation within you. What am I trying to say? There's a condition, a situation, a word, something, whatever you want to do to be led by the spirit. You see, you, you have a sensation in your spirit. You have something within you that would drive you to pray. Are you, are you catching that? It, it, it is, you, don't, you just don't get up to go and do it. You don't just go, oh, uh, this is what I want to do. This is what I want, I'm thinking of. No. But you, you realize that there will be a sensation. You yourself, you know that something will be, will be, there will be a burden on your heart to pray about the situation. And as you pray about the situation, there will be a way that God will show you what to do concerning that. Are you, are, you, are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? So that sigh in the spirit, the stenazo, is that which leads you into prayer. So somebody comes, you are going through something. Somebody comes and oh, do this. And, but you realize that the person may be saying that out of their emotional or whatever, but deep down within you, you know, the Holy Spirit is saying, take this into prayer. Deal with this in prayer. And as you deal with this, it can be anything. As I'm saying, it can be whatever situation. And I think Nehemiah, Nehemiah exhibited this quite a lot. You know, Nehemiah did some quick, quick, quick prayers in the book of Nehemiah. And I'm sure he was operating from that. Because whatever that he is, and then he will say a word of prayer, and then there will be a solution to whatever that he was going through. Are you catching what I'm sharing with you? A amen? So there is a sensation that will lead you into prayer. Amen? As you pray, you will be, you know, because the Holy Spirit is in you, um, uh, I think in Romans, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 from 11 through to 12. 1 Corinthians. Um, now, watch it. It says, For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, no man knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Isn't it? Now, 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. How do we know it? Verse 13. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches. Because man's wisdom can come and tell you things. 
man's direction in emotions and things, do this, do that, do that. But he says, but which the Holy Spirit teaches us, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. 14, he says what? But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. For we, for how, for nor can he know them because they are spiritually descent. So as you pray, the Lord will give you directions to some things. And the leadings will come. Are you, are you catching what I'm sharing with you? Amen. So, you know, we know Peter was a, a, an, an emotional man. We all know that. There are various scriptures. P Peter will all the time very emotional, will outburst and do all that. But you see, when Peter received the anointing of the Holy Ghost, when the power of the Holy Ghost came upon him, and Peter began walking in the, in the, in the, in, 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 in the spirit, the same man, when he had grown in the things of God, in 1 Peter chapter 5, 1 Peter chapter 5, look at the man taught us something from verse 7 through to verse 9. Look, look at Apostle Paul, uh, uh, Peter. Now, Peter is saying that no matter what that is going on, no matter what is happening, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. And then he says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring wild lion, seeking whom he may devour. And he says, because of that, resist him, steadfast in faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. He says, people may be going through the same things that you're going through. So don't let your emotions lead you, but rather be sober, be vigilant. Because the devil is seeking somebody who he wants to devour. But as you pray, the Lord will be able to grant you grace and a way out of it. Because many are going through what you are going through. Come on, church, are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Amen? This is important. So this sensation drives you. So when people come around and do this, yeah, 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 please, calm your spirit down. Because the man, Peter, is the best teacher to teach us this. A man that was driven by his emotions, driven by all sorts, the first, he would be the first person to do this, that, and the other. Now, he, when he had grown, he said that, be sober, be sober. Be rather vigilant because the devil is seeking someone to devour. So be careful not to throw yourself into his hands. Resist him. And be steadfast in faith. Hallelujah. So, in the leadings of the Spirit, Whatever that is going through, you're going through, whatever the situation is as a church, your life, whatever that is, all sort of things may be coming through your mind, your emotions, your will, your knowledge, whatever. All sort of things may be going on. But you see, be very careful to pick up that sensation in your spirit that says, go on your knees, pray about this. It may not be what, that's why I say, this, those things may seem foolish. All right? Somebody will say, oh, why are you fooling around like that? But you see, as a spirit man, you know that you want to resist the devil because he wants to be able to catch me. And I'm not going to get him. I, I'm not going to allow him to get me. So that is number one. Amen. I'm just going to rush through. Number two, John 11, 33 and 38. Is it, should I stop or are you okay? Okay, because he said go on. All right. John um, 11, 33 and 38. Praise God. Hallelujah. Because if we miss these things, the enemy will have us as his, what do you call it? And then we'll, we, 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 we really can't. <laughs> so John eleven thirty three. let's look at that. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping. Now, now, now watch this. Now watch this. Watch this. He did what? 
Oh, but didn't we talk of sign about Senazo? But now watch this. He groaned in the spirit. He sighed in the spirit. But then this word groaned in the spirit, verse 38. Amen. Then Jesus again groaning in, in, uh, in himself came to the tomb. That's Lazarus, isn't it? It was a cave. A stone lay against it. Now, please watch this. I said the first senazo leads us to pray. All right? He leads us to pray. Whatever the situation is, he leads us to pray. And there may be directions. But here, the word, another word, groan, is being used. But the Greek, Aramaic here is not senazo. But this is, a, it says, embryomaomia. All right, embryomyomia, whatever that is. But here, it carries a totally different meaning. It is not senazo. It is not just driving you to pray for an answer or a leading or a breakthrough. But this carries a totally different, although the same word groaning. But you see, this is a sternly, there is a stern warning that wells up within you. Please write these scriptures on Mark 9.30. Sorry, Matthew Matthew 9, 9.30, Mark 1.43, Mark 8.30. Matthew 9.30, Mark 1.43, and then um, Mark 8.30. That word, that sustained warning, embryomyomio, that I was talking of, it is it to have an indignation, a charge, a groan, you know, sign with a charge. There is an endless admonition, all right? But it's the same, you feel something, oh, uh, let me pray about it. But this one, there is something deeper than that. You see, he, Embryomyomia speaks with authority. Or there is a, 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 an authoritative sensation in the spirit. That is, this sense drives you to do something totally different from just praying. But it drives you to take authority over the situation. Are, are you catching what I'm sharing with you? So here, embryomyomio, or the same groaning, groaning in the spirit, as you, you, whatever that is happening, you are not just praying about it, but you are taking authority over whatever that is going on. Because sometimes, like when he came to the tomb, for instance, he had to just speak and cause something to happen. Are, are, you, are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? So this special sensation of the spirit man is a leading of the Holy Spirit to take authority over a situation that you're not going to allow the enemy just to have a free uh, party. Amen? But you take authority. You realize that, so pastor, what are you saying? Something is happening and Brahmaomi or that stain warning sensation in your spirit straight away when everybody's I, I deal with this right now in the name of Jesus. Are you, are, you, are you catching that? You take authority of the situation and you, you dismantle whatever that is and you don't allow that thing to go on. Come on. Amen? Praise God. Especially in the casting out of demons and situations of such nature, this sensation, you know, causes you to take authority and, and, and deal with the situation or the condition behind what is happening. So you take authority. So you are led by the Spirit to be able to, that this thing that is happening around me, this thing is not right. You take authority and you deal with it. And straight away, something has to happen. Amen? Praise God. There is the third one, John 13, 21. John 13, 21. And the word there. Is troubled. Let's look at that 
John 13, 21. Is it 21? Yes. When Jesus had said these things, he was what? Have you seen here? He, was, he didn't groan in his spirit. But where? What was happening? There was a troubling in his spirit. I'm not, you see, in all this, I have you realized that there was not a troubling in his soul. There was not a troubling in his emotions. There was not a troubling in his body, his flesh, or whatever. But there was a trouble in his, he was troubled in, in spirit. And that word, troubled in spirit, that is, um, what do you call it? You know, uh, not tarazo, tarazo, uh, uh, tarazo that we know, but uh, uh, um, tarazo, amen? He was troubled in his spirit. And why was he so? Amen? So Jesus sensed a betrayal was taking place at this time and this moment of his life. You know, if you read the whole of the context, again, because of time, that's why I'm giving you only that portion of the scripture. But the third sensation of the spirit is, is like an early warning system, all right? It's an early warning system that, you know, the Holy Spirit puts within us. When we are troubled in the spirit, and especially during nuclear warfare, that is what nations begin to experience. You know, there are certain things that are sent forth, and the nations begin to realize that something is going to happen. Are you catching that? Amen? So there is a sensation that you begin to realize that this thing, that you are troubled in the spirit. Your spirit man, and your, your, that is the Holy Ghost is leading you, giving you an alarm system, a warning sensation that you be, you've got to be able to deal with some. Now, have you felt this before? I don't know. Sometimes you, you ask, you, I'm sure you, you have. You ask, you're around, you know there's, you, there, there will be a trouble in your spirit man. I'm not talking of your emotions. I'm not talking of your mind. I'm not talking of your, but your spirit man picks up something. Realize that you feel if you don't pray about something, you are not free. I don't know. Are you catching that? And so, you see, that is an alarm system that your spirit man is leading you to pick up, you know, pick that thing up and begin to deal with it. Because basically there is something that is about to happen that you need to deal. Don't wait for it to happen. But the Holy Ghost alarms you. To rise up and by the leadings of the spirit, you begin to even deal with it in the spirit before it takes place in the natural. Or even if it's to happen, by the time you have dealt, like Jesus said, Peter, I've prayed for you. Are you here with me? He says, the devil is about to do X, Y, Z, but I've prayed for you. When you return, do X, Y, Z. Are you, catching, are you catching what I'm sharing with you? Because already that trouble in the spirit is said that he has picked it up. He has already interceded. He says, but when you return... Because that alarm system was picked up and yes, already. So sometimes someone, you know, you pick up a member of the church who, who all of a sudden you feel, pray for, I'm just using your name, uh, um, Kelvin. Pray for Kelvin, pray for Kelvin. You know, ah, why should I pray for brother? But you know, you are troubled in your spirit. You are not free in your spirit. And so it can be a five minute, ten minute, one minute prayer. But even as you, 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 you let go of yourself and you allow the spirit of the Lord to, to direct you, that early warning system picks it up, prays about it, counter-react whatever that the enemy wants to do, and you deal with it in the real. That, that leading of the Spirit helps you be able to stand in, in the gap, either for yourself or someone, whatever that is. Are, are, you, are you following what I'm sharing with you? So, so this is very, very important. That is, there is an impending danger. Anytime you have that trouble in the Spirit, you begin to realize there is an impending danger, and supernaturally, through the Spirit man, he helps you to be able to to, um, to deal with it. That is why the Bible said, but we are not ignorant of the devil's devices. If we remain for the enemy to take advantage of us, then it means that we didn't pick 
what the Spirit was putting in our, in our hearts to be able to deal with that in the leading. Amen? And the right response all the time concerning this sensation is to exercise spiritual warfare and intercessory prayer. Hallelujah. Amen? Because after the reception of this sensation in our spirit man, you know, Jesus went into deep prayer. Amen? He went into deep prayer from here. Amen? And that should teach us one thing that, you know, it takes you into an, a prayer mode. It takes you into a place where others may not know why is this person all of a sudden, you are, because, you know, these things don't happen by eating KFC. You train it. Amen? You train it. It is something that you have, for all these five sensations I'm talking of, one leading to prayer, people may run, yeah, 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 yeah. You are calm and you are praying about the situation because you have, you have picked up sensation, you have trained that, and the other aspect, the, the embryomio, that is causing you to take authority over principalities and powers at that time of the situation, circumstance, and then you've come to the terrazzo aspect, the third one, that I'm saying that that early alarm system, the Holy so you see, we don't wait for things to happen. Amen? Are you catching that? That is the third one, the fourth one, and then fifth one, and I'll sit down. I've taken so much of your time. Hallelujah. Amen. But sometimes that is what it is. When you allow me to stand here, Althea, I know I'll finish very soon. Hallelujah. Amen. Acts 17, 16. Acts 17, 16. Acts 17, 16. But are you, are you catching what I'm sharing with you, though? Amen. Acts 17, 16 says, Now while Peter waited for them at Athens, his spirit man was what? Now, have you watched here? What is, what is, his spirit man was what? Provoked. Sorry? Paul. Yeah, so when Paul was at Athens, what happened? His spirit man was what? Provoked. Now, it was not a sign. It was not a groaning. It wasn't troubled in his spirit, but it was provoked. All right? He was provoked within him when he saw that the city was given to what? To over to idols. And that word provoked is a stirring. Some versions may use some of you may have another version that says, and Peter's spirit was stirred up. It's the same thing. And that Greek word again is so big, parozunomai, um, um, or whatever that is. That is the, the Paul's spirit provoked or stirred within him at the sight of idolatry that paraded the city. You cannot tell me that you've not experienced this as a believer. Have you been to places, you've been to maybe your village, I'm talking of villages, but it's all around here. You've been to a place, sometimes you get to a place, you see a particular, you know, sometimes you walk, you know, um, uh, was, um, Dilton Road. The first time, I hadn't, I've been on that road for so many times, I hadn't seen it. But I saw, I was driving and I saw this uh, hawk or whatever thing that was in, in uh, some uh, eagle, or, uh, so you have seen it. And the moment I picked up, I realized this is not just a normal design or um, uh, 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 what a feature that somebody has just put. You, you knew there's something behind that thing in front of the house. All right? And so straight away, my spirit man was provoked, not angry with the house owner, but my spirit man, catch what I'm saying, was provoked in my spirit to deal with whatever spirit are you, are, you, are you understanding that? So sometimes you get that. Amen? You get that in the leadings, you know. So uh, the Holy Ghost, the fourth sensation is the stirring up. Sometimes, as I'm saying here, you deal with that thing. But most of the time, it's to minister. You get to places, as in that situation, for instance, you speak to somebody, you see, you know, whatever that is, your spirit man is stirred up. And then you, you want to share God's word. You never, it never leaves you until 
you have, you, you, have, you have openly shared the word because you want to bring that person out of whatever that is. So that fourth sensation is sometimes you get to situations whereby your spirit man is provoked to, to do something about the situation in the spirit. Are you, uh, or even, you know, as I'm saying, sharing of God's word or bringing light to the truth. Amen? Because, you know, the result, what's this, verse 17? The Lord speaks to us through our spirit. Yeah, thank you. Verse 17 says, therefore, he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and with the Gentile worshippers and the marketplaces daily with those who, hand, um, who happened to be there. So, as the spirit man was provoked, it caused him to do an act. Are you catching what I'm sharing with you? So, there was a leading. So, he began, why? Verse 17 was the leading of the spirit, the provoking of his spirit man that caused him to bring the word of God to the people in the marketplaces and the dealing with the situation. Are you catching that? So it's from the progression from verse 16 to what? Verse 17. Because there was a, provoke, provo a provocation in his spirit man and then it led him to do whatever he was doing in verse 17. That, was, that led him to do that. And that is a natural thing that everyone, you and I, can be able to experience. You and I can be able to pick up a sensation within your spirit. You see, you are, lead, you are led by it to do this, that, that, and the other. That's why we don't just do anything, anything and anyhow. Amen? And the last one, um, Acts 18, verse 5. Amen? Acts 18, verse 5. It says, when Silas and Timothy had come from Macedonia, Paul was compelled. Some scriptures, some verses will say um, uh, constrained. All right? Um, compelled, constrained, the same thing by the Spirit, and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. And here, that word is um, um, sunecho, and that word sunecho, being compelled by the Spirit, or being constrained by the Spirit, most of the time, it is by the giftings of your Spirit. Now, that is why I took time to teach what the gifts of the Spirit. So, being compelled or being constrained by the Spirit, most of the time works or goes along with the gifts of the Spirit. Alright? So, for instance, as the gifts of the Spirit, you are constrained, compelled, something within your spirit, man, that by the gifts of the Spirit is in operation. It moves alongside the word of, the, 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 the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, what do you call it, um, 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 prophecy, interpretation of tongues or what have you, it, 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 there is a manifestation, let me put that way, there is a manifestation alongside with your gifts of your spirit, that which you have, amen? So the fourth one may not necessarily work with the gifts of the spirit, amen? Because you, are, you, you move alongside with, with that, amen? From, from the fourth one, uh, um, that is th that stirring up. That comes within you because by ministering to you or doing, taking, or whatever, it does not necessarily mean that you have to ex exercise the gifts of the Spirit. But the fifth one, most of the time, it comes with your, the, the gifts of the Spirit that is on you. You begin to exercise and you see the manifestations of great things happening. <laughs> Amen? So you are led by the Spirit in a day-to-day -day life. I've been using all these, but it's a day-to-day -day life activity, a day-to-day -day life affair. You know, everything that comes, we've got to be very careful that we don't just allow our emotions and things where the enemy exercise causes us to exercise, what they call it, um, a lot. And we don't rather exercise a lot in, in these things that I've been teaching about the, the, the leadings of the Spirit. And so by the time you realize, the enemy only constantly allows us to grow in the things of the, um, uh, of, the, um, of, the, of the flesh, 
more than the things of the spirit or the leadings of the flesh, the leadings of the soul, more than the leadings of the spirit. Because he, that is what is easier for us. That is where we feel our emotions. And everybody will say the name. By the time we realize our emotions direct us. And then by the time we realize we are doing things and we are just fueling what the enemy wants to do. Because the more we are doing that, then he's putting more coal in it. And by the time we realize he's making the case more worse. Because that is what he wants to do. To be able to bring to pass what he has purposed from the gate of hell. But whereby there is a leading of the spirit, we don't master it. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't train it. And so things happen all the time and we never allow the Holy Ghost to lead us in all these areas. And by the time we realize, he has taken us and taken advantage of us. Amen.